Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. week's show, who will win out between ESPN Plus, Paramount Plus, and Peacock TV? Can the Bundesliga score a home run on ABC this weekend? All the ins and outs of Paramount Plus? Which streaming service is looking to acquire sports rights? Plus, we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, joined alongside my co-host, Kartik Krishnayer. Kartik, um, probably the best way to describe this podcast is that it's an inside look into watching soccer on television and streaming. And the best example of that is that last week's podcast, you broke the news that uh, ABC was going to be showing Bayern Munich against uh, Borussia Dortmund this weekend. Uh, the podcast was released on Thursday, Thursday morning. Uh, by the weekend, we were tweeting about it, and people were stunned uh, to hear the news. And then today, as we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, just a few days before the game, uh, ESPN officially announces the news. So, in in all, in reality, you're breaking news a week ahead of actually it officially being announced, and uh, that's just one piece of uh, news. You mean we have lots of discussions and analysis each week, and uh, so so hats off to you, um, Kartik, on on getting that exclusive. Well, th- thank you, Chris, and that's what we do at World Soccer Talk. We are typically a step ahead in terms of breaking news and talking to our sources inside broadcast media, soccer broadcast media. So this isn't the first time you or I have have broken the story in advance, uh, well in advance of the press release going out and. Uh, that's part of the added incentive of, of listening to our podcast, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's funny though too because like from this past weekend, uh, I I know who doesn't listen to the podcast because there was a bunch of kind of uh, noteworthy people that were like, oh my gosh, like oh my gosh, like there's breaking news, like uh, ABC is going to show the game. I'm like, you could have known that news probably like two to three days before that if you just listened to the podcast. So so that's just one example. But uh, let's look ahead. We've got a big game to look forward to this weekend uh, and much more. But let's do a slight rewind and look at look back at the last week. Was there anything of notes, Kartik, that stood out for you? For me personally, um, just real, real quickly, being a Swansea City fan, watching the game on Wednesday, a last-minute winner against Stoke City. This game was on live on ESPN+. Plus. 
just really, I was screaming and shouting with joy. Uh, and again, that's just me as a personal, as a soccer fan. I mean, the, the pure enjoyment of watching a game and seeing a, a last minute penalty go in. Um, but other than that, there wasn't a lot to, that stood out for me. What about you? No, there was really nothing. I mean, I I, uh, I watched only two matches in, in their entirety. Uh, both were Premier League matches, Leicester Arsenal, Chelsea Man United. I watched a, a fair amount bits and pieces of other matches, including, as we were recording on Wednesday night, Naples to Swallow, which was a phenomenal match right earlier in the day. Uh, Napoli to Swallow, sorry, I said Naples. Um, so I was just in a mode of, of, of a league here in Florida, and we have a Naples in Florida also, sorry, and we call it Naples, not Napoli. But yeah, I, I watched snippets of, of other matches and, and uh, watched a lot of highlights. Now, I have to say, as much as we bashed NBC in recent times in this on um, this podcast i think looking at the clips nbc is putting on peacock um the the, the highlights packages etc they're quite good actually so uh, you're able to get a good uh feel for a match that you may not have watched in its entirety and, and i'm talking about cl- elongated highlight clips like 15 minutes 13 minutes 15 minutes full full kind of length uh highlight clips that um We've been missing, Chris, I think, without the Premier League review show readily available in the United States in, and, and match of the day being scrapped by NBC. So uh, at least those highlight packages keep, keep you going on that. I, I uh, watched a fair amount of Bundesliga and Serie A also this week, but nothing really noteworthy. A little bit of uh, Liga Mekis also. Uh, not, nothing particularly stood out. Uh, Guadalajara Pumas I watched. It's an OK match. wasn't great. Yeah, a lot of the games I, I saw from this past week, um, players looking tired. I mean, it's yeah. definitely it's getting to the time of the season where there's been some really there's been some duds. There's been some games that were just nothing, uh, and um, or it's been very one sided. And and there haven't been a lot of really competitive, high level, back and forth, entertaining games. Uh, hopefully this weekend. Hopefully th- that will change. Uh, with some of the games to look forward to this weekend. Speaking of which, Kartik, what's your recommendation for uh, what everyone should watch this weekend? I'm <laughs> going with an oddball. Schalke Mines. Schalke has made yet another management change. They have changed, uh, they've kind of revamped the structure of the club in the last week, uh, at least on, on the technical side, on the football side. They are uh, desperate. They need three points in this match if they have any chance of staying up this season. And they're a club that uh, has been relegated only a handful of times in history, and they were all in the 1980s. So one of the most successful clubs in the history of German football facing uh, is on the brink. They face Mainz, a club that has gotten a little better uh, in the last few weeks and I thought was going to work their way out of trouble. They had a very winnable match last week against Augsburg uh, that I predicted they would win and get out of the drop zone. They did not win it. So they also need three points in this match. It's that time of the year when you start looking at these relegation six-pointers and and thinking those are the biggest matches of the week. So I know it's the Madrid derby this weekend. That would be the the second shout, but I'm going to go with uh, Schalke Mainz. Yeah, you stole the the words out of my mouth, which is which is the Madrid uh, derby on on Sunday, ten fifteen a.m. Eastern time, on being sports. And this one for me personally is hopefully Atleti can win this match. Sorry, Real Madrid fans, but Real Madrid, it, it seems like whenever they play at home, when they play at their stadium, which is 
um, for the reserve team. It's not it's not the same type of feeling as uh, Santiago Bernabeu, uh, the stadium where they seem to be almost. Um, Almost uh, invincible when they play at their reserve stadium, which they've been doing now for like what about a year. Um, as the other stadium is getting um, remodeled, they they seem just like an av- average team. And, and, and this is a, finally a chance for Atleti. If they can get the win here, that really pushes them uh, ahead in the La Liga table. Vice versa, if Real Madrid gets a win here, they're r- right on the neck of uh, Atleti and, and could who knows. Uh, mount a serious title bid, but but going back to Schalke for a second, Kartik, you and I went to Schalke a couple of years ago uh, to the stadium to interview the executives uh, and some of the players, get a tour of the stadium. Schalke is a German institution, right? It's been around a long time. If if you could compare that to a club in the Premier League uh, of a similar stature, which club do you think that would be? Okay, so I'd have to pick a club that finishes in the top four a lot but doesn't win titles, which would be, at this point, Arsenal. But Arsenal's the one team that's never been relegated, so that would have been Hamburg. So let's uh, let's go with so, – so, well, let's say Spurs, actually. That, that would be – and actually, the Schalke-Spurs comparison has been made by uh, a few people. There are a few people, uh, including one or two prominent journalists who support both clubs So uh, because of the similarity. So, yeah, let's say Spurs. All right, yeah. For, for me, it was Schalke. It's just it was when they were going on such a bad run of form uh, when the, uh, David uh, Wagner was was the coach there. I just couldn't believe that they hadn't uh, hadn't sacked him sooner than that. And then they waited too long. And then after that, it's been a succession of managers uh, getting sacked. Just a an institution. Imagine if a Tottenham Hotspur we're going on this uh, run of uh, just losing so many games, playing dreadful football, having a massive fan base, and then ending up uh, in a relegation zone, thinking that they might get relegated, just in a sorry mess. Um, that is how big that this game is for Schalke um, on Friday on ESPN+. Plus. All right, Kartik, so oh, one other go ahead. Thing, Chris, I yeah, yeah. Out about, about your match. So historically, the uh, impression, for those of you who don't are, haven't been watching La Liga this season, historically you would say, well, Simeone will play very defensively and dour tactics and generally doesn't get the results in these matches against Barcelona and Real Madrid. The one exception being when he did get that, uh, that uh, draw on the last day of the season in 2014 against Barcelona to win the title. In fact, this is the opposite now. Zidane's tactics, I have, and maybe some of it has to do with, this, with the stadium situation. They're playing uh, at, at the, the Stefano uh, Stadium, not, not uh, where, uh, while their main stadium gets uh, renovated. But, uh, Chris, they've been as bad to watch as any big team in Europe this season. Sure. And, yes, yeah. they get some results, but they are, they are a dreadful watch. So uh, if you're going to this match expecting – uh, dour Atleti with physical, hard tackling and defensive tactics and free-flowing Real Madrid, you're going to be surprised. It's going to be the opposite of that. Not saying uh, Real Madrid won't win the match, but I'm just saying Zidane, uh, who used to get so much praise. I mean, I, I think he's a manager who's run out of ideas, quite frankly. Yeah, they've had injury problems, so there's definitely been some things going against them. But when you look at their starting lineup still, and you see the the sheer talent that's on this team, uh, even though some of these players are getting a little bit older, um, they definitely should be doing much better than what they're doing currently. And, and it is weird for me personally. I think it's almost the stadium factor, them playing in, in a smaller stadium, uh, 
make maybe maybe for the opposition, the opposition thinks, okay, here's an opportunity to go ahead psychologically and gain an advantage over Real Madrid. This is not Real Madrid in the massive stadium of I mean, six tiers with fans. I mean, and and the the atmosphere. This almost seems like a reserve match being played at a, at a reserve stadium uh, with no fans, no atmosphere, and uh, they seem vulnerable. Is probably the best word uh, to describe Real Madrid right now. Having said that, you watch they'll probably uh, win this match convincingly. All right, let's move on. To, move on to TV streaming news. And uh, first of all, thank you everyone for completing the survey. Last week we mentioned uh, on the podcast that we had a survey to get to your opinions about which of the sections or the segments on the podcast you enjoy the most. Uh, which uh, whether the podcast is too long, too short, or just right in terms of the length of time. And uh, in the coming days, I'll be sharing that information with you, Kartik, too, for some good insight in in terms of our listeners. Well, one of the uh, things that was uh, mentioned in the, in the survey was um, favorite segment. And I think the majority of people said uh, the news, the, the actual news, TV and streaming news segment. So, Kartik, uh, having said that, I'll let you lead it off with um, some news uh, that came out today. Yeah, so... Uh, Fubo TV are interested in acquiring exclusive sports rights. Uh, CEO David Gandler told World Soccer Talk uh, this today on Wednesday that, uh, quote, we're opportunistic. I can see us looking at rights on a regular basis, especially given the fact that we want to enhance the viewing experience. And uh, I think this is pretty big news. This is the logical next step for Fubo uh, to, to get into, uh, into that space, uh, although – it's not without risk, Chris, obviously. I mean, uh, it, 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 it will demand a, a huge outlay of cash as well to, to acquire rights. Yeah, and Fubo has the cash. So this is something they have some massive investors, which in- include Fox and some yes. other, other investors. And it is one of those things. I mean, I, so I know that uh, Fubo is on a hiring spree right now. They are hiring a team of acquisition um, staff. So actual staff specifically focused on acquiring rights. Now, this could be other sports. This could be basketball. This could be uh, minor league sports, whatever it may be. But I'm sure soccer is going to, going to be part of this uh, formula. And imagine, too, if they did acquire the rights to a competition, say, I don't know, Copa America, English language rights. And they were the exclusive home to that, uh, uh, that tournament, that competition. The only place you could watch that in English would be Fubo TV. So if you're a Sling TV subscriber or you have YouTube TV or whatever service you have, and you knew that the only way to watch those games exclusively in English would be would be Fubo TV, chances are you'd probably cancel your YouTube TV subscription and sign up for Fubo TV. And once you're signed up, Maybe you continue becoming a, a Fubo TV customer throughout the entire year because they have, even you know, the Premier League, they've got um, Liga MX, La Liga, you name it. So it's a smart move, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up some rights in the near future. Uh, we saw last year they experimented a little bit with the uh, the Russian Premier League, and they decided eventually uh, to go ahead and not renew that. So now that's back on YouTube. If you want to subscribe to watch the Russian Premier League, you can pay through YouTube, uh, the actual regular YouTube, and watch it through there. Uh, they also had a Chivas game last season that they shared with some other broadcasters, um, but they are in that game. So it's a smart move for sure. 
Now, speaking of smart moves, March 4th, Thursday, uh, is the launch date for Paramount Plus, which is the brand new streaming service from Viacom CBS. Paramount Plus is the renamed, rebranded CBS All Access. So as of Thursday, March 4th, CBS All Access will not exist. It will now be Paramount Plus. If you already subscribe to CBS All Access, your login credentials will work on Paramount Plus and you will continue paying what you're paying. But uh, with Paramount Plus launching, this is a big move. And this is a big move because last week we, we talked about uh, Paramount Plus picking up some soccer rights. And um, just during this past week, uh, they've revealed more about how much of a play soccer is in their overall landscape of, of uh, what, they, uh, what they show. And the executives there said that other than the NFL, the number one uh, soccer or the number one, the number one sports uh, in terms of acquiring new customers for CBS All Access, which is now Paramount Plus, other than the NFL, number two was soccer. And that would be mostly the UEFA Champions League. So you can see already how much of a play Paramount Plus is getting from soccer fans. The other thing, too, is that um, the CBS Entertainment Group uh, boss, George Cheeks, said this past week that Paramount Plus will be the leader in live sports. We're doubling down on soccer on Paramount Plus. And as we look to the future, we are making soccer a core pillar of sports exclusively available on Paramount+. Plus. Now, for the first time in a couple of years, ESPN Plus has a major competitor when it comes to bidding for soccer, for soccer rights. So the last two years, ESPN Plus has gobbled up, what, Serie A? Uh, you go down the list, there's so many, right? There's so many different leagues. The Bundesliga, they've got uh, the Scottish Premier League, they've got, uh, I mean, there's... Chinese Super League, Indian League, Australian League, FA Cup, Championship. You go down the list. And in the last two years, most major soccer rights that were available were acquired by ESPN+. Plus. Now, all of a sudden, ESPN Plus has a competitor. It's ESPN Plus versus Paramount Plus competing for the same soccer rights. So don't be surprised in the next six to, six to uh, 12 months, you see Paramount Plus gobbling up some of the rights that ESPN Plus had in, in the past. And you also look for ESPN Plus and probably Paramount Plus going both going trying to win the rights to the Premier League. Get them away from NBC Sports later this year as a possibility. That's going to be a huge fight there. And then next year, Major League Soccer. And uh, don't be su surprised if you have those three powers, those media giants, the Paramount Plus from Viacom CBS, um, Peacock from NBC Universal and Comcast, and then also ESPN Plus from Disney, all competing to try to get the, the rights to the Premier League, to Major League Soccer, to Serie A, to the Championship, FA Cup, etc., now it's interesting with FA, uh, with Paramount Plus. It's actually price wise is very similar to what Peacock did. So Peacock has a free base, like a like a free tier, and that one um, doesn't have a doesn't have access to the soccer games, but has access to you know just general programming. Well, Paramount Plus doesn't have that, but they do have a four ninety nine uh, base, which is going to have access to all of the soccer. So it's just like Peacock Premium. You have access to all of the uh, the soccer that's available. And then Paramount Plus will have a nine ninety nine premium tier 
they'll have access to all the soccer, all the programming, plus access to your local um, CBS uh, channel if you want to have live access. We have an FAQ that's on the homepage of worldsoccertalk.com that goes into a lot of detail in terms of um, what this means for CBS All Access customers, uh, the pricing that's available, the different offers, etc. Too much to mention on this podcast, but go to the website, to the homepage, and you'll see the link there on the homepage. What do you think, Kartik? Who's going to win this war? Is it going to, is it going to be ESPN Plus, Peacock, or Paramount Plus? Well, first off, the local affiliate thing, I, I know is a big deal for a lot of cord cutters, that uh, CBS is offering this as part of Paramount Plus. They are they have for a while now as part of the 999 tier, which, which by the way, I have uh, for CBS All Access. Uh, uh, Peacock does not offer NBC over the air, uh, nor does Hulu or, or Disney Plus, whoever would be uh, ESPN Plus, offer ABC uh, broadcast uh, local affiliate. So that... Um, <laughs> Is actually a pretty pretty big deal outside of the soccer space. Um, within the soccer, well, actually, could be inside the soccer yeah, space. Yeah, could, too, could right? be too. Yeah, places. yeah. Uh, and in terms of um, Peacock, I think they're a third wheel here, right? They're not they're not really a factor. I, I don't know that NBC is showing a whole lot of interest in uh, in the sport beyond the Premier League and beyond summer tournaments for Telemundo or something that can elevate Telemundo, which clearly. Uh, getting the Chivas rights after they had been off television in this country for so many years, as I think we've talked about uh, often on the show. Uh, unless it's something big like that, they're not that interested. I, I get the sense they're more strategic in their in their rights acquisitions. I mean, I, I even have said this about Telemundo versus Univision, that, that Telemundo is, is much more into the kind of the Big Bang uh, type tournaments and, and, and rights in soccer, whereas Univision for 2DNA was, was collecting rights. Same thing. ESPN has been collecting rights. CBS now, of Paramount, uh, Viacom, looks like they're in that, that, that space. Who will ultimately win? The price point for ESPN and the comfort level fans have with ESPN means they probably will win among soccer fans. Now, does that mean Paramount isn't a, a, a close second. Viacom isn't a close second. No, that doesn't mean that. I think what it does mean is that we're not talking about Fox anymore as a potential uh, a, a entity that could acquire European rights or major tournaments outside of FIFA tournaments. Uh, and we're really kind of relegating NBC to the Premier League and Chivas matches and, and uh, uh, World Cups on Telemundo, right? But that's uh, Telemundo has some something else over the summer. Did they have the rights to uh, Copa America? I'm trying to remember. No, they have other, no, no Copa America. No, no, they no. have nothing else. Yeah. Right. So, right. They're, they're really kind of way back in terms of, uh, of, of, of rights overall. So I, I think it's ESPN versus ESPN will win. I'm guessing, but I think CBS is going to be a close second. It, it's interesting, though, too, because there's, there is a uh, quality versus quantity argument here. So if you base this on quantity, ESPN Plus, hands down, is the winner. I mean, so many soccer rights that we, we can't even remember the, them all. There's so many of them. Paramount Plus, after the excitement of last week's announcements, they do have more rights than what they had the week before. But quality-wise, I'm not so sure. I mean, yes, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, fantastic. Uh, the CONCACAF Nations League, I mean, nobody was really watching that um, CONCACAF uh, Nations League before. There's not a lot of excitement for that competition. 
And yes, there will be interest in uh, the U.S. men's national team away games when they go on the road to play in Costa Rica or Trinidad and Tobago or wherever it may be. Yes, there will be interest in those select games, but not so much in, I don't know, Costa Rica against uh, Trinidad or something like that, where, yes, there will be interest among those core fans, but not massive. Um, the Argentine League in English, uh, getting the Boca River game, fantastic. Outside of when those two teams play each other, it's almost like Spanish football. You can be argued that it's not as much of an in, uh, of an interest. And then the Brazilian League, and, and yes, they're fantastic teams that do well in Copa Libertadores, and they're actually really, really good to watch, entertaining, good production value. But on the English language side, there's not as many viewers interested in the Brazilian league yet. That might grow over time. So quantity, ESPN Plus wins. Uh, Paramount Plus has kind of a mix between the quantity and the quality. Peacock, I would argue, uh, quantity does poor, but quality does well. And the quality would be just having the rights to the Premier League. And even though both you and I have criticized NBC's coverage of the Premier League in the last couple of years, especially, and the quality level of the Premier League, you mean on on a week-to-week basis where it is very uh, top-heavy, you have to admit that quality-wise, if you want to gain the, the lion's share, the most interest from soccer fans, English language speaking in the U.S., if you have the rights to the Premier League, then job done. So I think yeah, qu- quality-wise, Peacock, Peacock could win if they can renew the rights. I will say that that is true, and I think uh, uh, let's not forget the, throughout the football, they've at least on NBCSports.com, they've been able to show some of the WSL matches. I think we're forgetting about NWSL here with CBS. I think that that's a big piece because the ratings for those matches, uh, in, and this is, again, among kind of English language dominant, maybe white suburbanites, if you want to get really technical about the demographics, uh, have done pretty well on uh, CBS All Access and uh, on CBS Over the Air. Now, uh, that's probably more a shot at MLS than anything else. I mean, the question now is, does CBS's NWSL relationship make make MLS's media and MLS's partners less valuable? So I'm thinking in five years from now, if NWSL continues its upward trajectory and they're able to stabilize the league, which they've taken some really good steps since Lisa Baird came in as the commissioner to do that, they might be the set. The Premier League is the driver. You're right, Chris. No argument there. But could NWSL end up being the second biggest driver of English language uh, fans in the U.S.? Bigger, the second biggest driver, people would argue now, is MLS. I have a sense that NWSL might surpass MLS for that in the next few years, as crazy as that might sound to a lot of, I guess, what we call the male-centric uh, listeners. I think that might happen. I, I think um, there's definitely promise there and there's definitely potential. The The numbers are a bit skewed. So the numbers, I mean, Lisa Baird oftentimes will mention about how NWSL numbers are way up, like, what, 200% or 300% from the year before. But that's focused primarily on games that are on CBS over the air. Now, if we have, and, and, and the games that are on streaming that were on CBS All Access in the past uh, and that are going to, going to be on Paramount Plus uh, from here on, we don't get those numbers. We don't know, know, know what those numbers Sports are. Network, we don't get either, which is the other problem. Yeah. So we've had plenty of games on CBS Sports Network, and we don't, that, and, I, and Chris, actually, sorry to cut you off, but I think that's a big part of the mystery what are the numbers on CBS Sports Network for NWSL and for Champions League? We don't know. So if you had a side-by-side comparison and you had 
all the, the the real numbers, and you had the numbers from streaming plus CBS Sports Network, which with CBS would know. We don't know that, but CBS Sports Network, and then add in the, the over the air numbers, and then combine that, and then compare that to the other leagues uh, in the United States. Compare that to Major League Soccer, and there's definitely a comparison worth being made there. I just feel that um, the numbers are skewed positively in NWSL's camp just because we've had so many games on over-the-air CBS. And, and those games have done great numbers. And, and that league has a lot of potential. Having said that, a lot of the players, the top players, are playing in Europe. So it's then, you I mean, if you had all of those players back in the U.S. playing in the NWSL, um, then I could see some really, really great growth potential there, much bigger than what it is currently. I see it going up. Currently, I just don't see it being as big as uh, maybe that, that you may in terms of being kind of a, a rival to MLS quite yet. But, um, yeah, it's interesting times. And I think this next six to nine months are going to be just uh, mind-blowing as far as this uh, soccer streaming wars and uh, who will eventually be the winners in each of these categories. It'll come down mostly to the money. How much are they willing to bid? And, and having said that, Kartik, I think in many ways – Major League Soccer might end up being the lucky one in this one. And it might be that, say, if Paramount Plus misses out on the Premier League rights, and but they get Serie A uh, from ESPN, and then, say, if ESPN finds a way to get La Liga, and then... You know what I mean, then it's um, Paramount Plus saying, OK, we missed out on um, the Premier League. Yes, we have Serie A, which is great, but... Uh, MLS coming up next year in terms of uh, negotiations and discussions, maybe the timing of that would be good for Paramount Plus to move to the next tier of uh, number of subscribers and bring in a lot of people from from Major League Soccer. Um, That's how I see things working out. Um, So actually, maybe it'll work out well for them. All right, Kartik. So last week on last week's podcast, you mentioned uh, De Classica uh, coming to ABC as well as uh, ESPN Deporters, and it's now confirmed also on ESPN+. Plus. Um, did you get a chance to check out also um, what other coverage they're planning on having um, around this, uh, this big game on Saturday, which is going to be on the ABC network uh, beginning at, I think, noon, I believe it is. Yeah, so at noon they're going to have a sports center with Jay Harris and Hannah Storm. Now, I, I, it doesn't seem like that's particularly Bundesliga or, or, or soccer-focused with those hosts, but let's see. Obviously, check that out at noon. Simultaneously, you will have pregame coverage on ESPN Deportes. Actually, that starts a little earlier at 11. And ESPN FC, uh, hosted by Dan Thomas, on uh, on, on ESPN Plus uh, as, a, as a pregame show, and that would have... Uh, Dan Thomas and, and, and a crew of analysts uh, uh, previewing the match, much like they've done uh, around uh, uh, big Serie A matches on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but I, I, the Sports Center piece is, is interesting. Now, ESPN Deportes is going to have uh, uh, Fernando Palomo and Mario Kempes calling the match, uh, and ABC will have uh, Derek Ray and Taylor Twelman. No surprise with that, that, that pairing, uh, the top uh, ESPN slash ABC team for the uh, for the Bundesliga. They are going to have an ESPN FC post-game show uh, hosted by Dan Thomas on ESPN Plus at 2.30. So, uh, unfortunately, no ABC post-match uh, programming, but there is uh, an ABC sort of pre-game show with, with SportsCenter. Uh, and there is also going to be a lot of uh, uh, 
things going on online, watch parties, et cetera, that, they, that, that, that they're doing. So uh, check that out. You can, you can get all the details on, on ESPN's website for that. And uh, uh, they, there will be a, uh, uh, a star cam also, forgot to mention this, hosted by Seb Salazar and Hercules Gomez, uh, focusing on the two CONCACAF stars, right, Gio Reyna and uh, Alfonso Davies in this match, the, uh, the young American international uh, and uh, the uh, Canadian star, right, Alfonso Davies, one of the, the stars in world football, uh, maybe the best player uh, from this part of the world. So those two guys are going to be the focus of a star cam, which will be on uh, 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 which will be available uh, via uh, the, the digital platforms. Uh, what, what, one uh, quick thing, I think, on this, it's, it's really important for this match, I think, to be competitive. We've seen time and again Bayern Munich, excuse me, Borussia Dortmund go to the Allianz the last few years and not be competitive. And putting this match on ABC with this kind of massive coverage, it's an adver- advertisement for the Bundesliga. And uh, this is the match that the Der Klassiker, that the league has chosen to promote for the last few years, Chris. But time and again, the uh, Bayern's matches with Leipzig have been more competitive than their matches with Borussia Dortmund over the course of the last few seasons. So uh, I understand why ESPN is doing, uh, why ABC ESPN are do- is doing this, uh, but I think it would have been maybe a better circumstance if it was a Leipzig-Bayern match, because I think it would be more competitive. I have a, a, a terrible fear, especially how badly Dortmund had played prior to the last two weeks when they beat uh, 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 Sevilla in Champions League. It seemed to send them on a mini run now the last few weeks but i have a i have a horrible fear chris this is going to be a five nil match and it's going to just turn the american public off the bundesliga so i, I think this is uh I, I as i reported last week i was very excited about what my sources were telling me but i'm now a little concerned that this is kind of fraught with risk given the recent history between these two clubs in big matches yeah, we've been here before, right, Kartik? We, we've seen this. We've seen the hype before when games have been on Fox, over the air Fox, and all of the, the, the build up. This that... same match on over the air Fox. Right. The, the 5 0. Uh, for 6-1 by, some horrible right. scoreline by the, by, the, by the 15th minute or the 20th minute the game's over it's, it's 3 nothing, and it's complete total do- domination and, and, that, and that's the worst nightmare for the Bundesliga and for ABC and ESPN is that it is going to be one, so one-sided um, and every time this happens I watch the game and then by halftime I'm like this is just ridiculous Hopefully this could this time it can be different. I mean, I watched uh, midweek um, the Gladbach against uh, Dortmund game in the uh, DFB uh, Pokal Cup, and first half Dortmund were terrible. Second half they actually started playing pretty well, um, but Gladbach could have easily won that game. But Gladbach's a good team. I just hope that this one at least will be competitive and will hold the people's attention to this game. Um, at the same time, though, too, it's rare because usually when it's uh, De Classica, usually there's a massive match on in the Premier League. I mean, it might be, I don't know, a, Man- a Manchester derby or something like that. This weekend, though, the Manchester derby is on Sunday. And then right up against this one, I think on NBCSN is Aston Villa against Wolves. So uh, Midlands derby, not on the same level as a uh, De Classica. So fingers crossed, hopefully this will be entertaining. But ABC going all out on trying to promote this one as much as possible, which is great news. 
but it's also possible that that uh, black country. Well, it's not a black country derby, right? It's not West Brom. That Villa uh, Wolves uh, Midlands derby, which those two clubs, by the way, are probably about 15 miles away from one another. Very, very close rivals will be more competitive, and people might be switching by by the 15th or 20th minute. Because again, Chris, you point out the Fox that Fox had hyped this match. I remember specifically two seasons ago when uh, Dortmund were actually neck and neck. I think they may have been ahead of Bayern in the table. Uh, around the same time, Fox goes all out. Uh, I- I'm all hopeful that Dortmund can win the title. And by the 30th minute, I, uh, my niece and I left the house and went uh, to go uh, uh, to, 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 a, to a park in the area. And uh, I avoided the rest of the match because it was already 3 or 4-0. And that has happened consistently when these two clubs have played recently. So uh, it's, uh, it's fraught with risk because it could be a very bad advertisement for, for the league. And reinforce all the negative stereotypes a lot of Americans have about the Bundesliga if, uh, if, if Dortmund get run over. And by the way, Dortmund has been run over uh, at times this season by, by clubs a lot lesser than Bayern. There's a reason they're not in the top four currently, and, and they've had a, a very rough go of it at times. So I, I'm actually quite concerned. Yeah, so far, though, ESPN has had more luck, at least. Uh, Fox seemed to have just total bad luck when it came to the Bundesliga. Everything it did, um, whether it was by its, own, uh, uh, by its own prerogative or just like wild things, random things happened that went against them, especially when like, big matches like this. So maybe ABC will have better luck in this regard. Lastly, uh, for the news segment, uh, Fanatis, the uh, streaming service that focuses primarily on, on Latin American soccer, uh, they have changed their Fanatis uh, Brasileiro uh, package, which is the uh, the top league in Brazil. Well, what they've done is, uh, in the past, you had to subscribe to a separate service to see all the Brazilian games in Portuguese. Now they've uh, merged that with their basic plan. So if you're currently subscribed to Fanatis and you get uh, all the BN Sports channels and Goal TV and Real Madrid TV and the Argentines uh, League, etc., you will now have access to the Brazilian league. And if you subscribed in the past to Fanatis Brazil, uh, Brasileiro, the, just the just the Brazilian package, you will now get all of the uh, the basic plans. You'll get all the BN Sports and Goal TVs and uh, channels, Real Madrid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's actually uh, a win-win for everyone there. Moving on to TV ratings, uh, just one to mention here, and this is a great number. This is the U.S. Women's National Team in the game where they clinched the She Believes Cup on FS1 against Argentina. 530,000 viewers tuned in for this one. Um, a great number there for the women. Moving on to listener mailbag. First up is Mike Harstad. And Mike says, listening to your latest episode, as a Bundesliga fan, I find ESPN is a complete blessing. I've picked up watching the, the Dutch and, um, and also the Australian League, too. It's a life changer. I remember the days of uh, uh, the Bundesliga being buried on Goal TV. And for ESPN Plus, it's under $10 a month. Steve Marshall says, I agree with Soccer Heretic on why ESPN Plus is so popular for soccer reasons. But something people didn't mention is how cost effective it is as bundled with Disney Plus and Hulu. The three of them bundled together actually cost slightly less than my my Netflix subscription by itself. 
my wife doesn't watch sports at all. And considering that um, that I don't watch as much ESPN Plus as I did when Fulham was in the championship and during the off-season for the Chicago Fire, it's still cost-effective considering how much Hulu and Disney Plus we watch together and separately. I also think a lot of people who are fans, who are more fans of clubs than leagues, appreciate the coverage of of clubs in the championship and the and the Bundesliga too. Now I'm usually able to watch a St. Pauli match every month or so as part of a uh, an, uh, an affordable package. On an unrelated note, I appreciate the heads up about LiveNow.com showing Serie B games, although I'm disappointed that they bumped a a scheduled uh, Venice game against Empoli recently. Anyway, I'm enjoying the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, Kartik, lots of love there for ESPN+. And when you think about it, too, the ESPN+, well, the actual Disney Plus bundle, which is Disney Plus and ESPN+, and Hulu, those three which each of them by themselves stand alone, right, if you wanted to. But those three are cheaper than Fox Soccer Match Pass, which you got for 20 bucks a month, right? And you got access to the Bundesliga, and that was about it, maybe a, a random other game. But uh, what a difference a, a couple of years makes. Next up is uh, Chris Guardino. He says, hi, guys, great podcast. When it comes to Paramount Plus getting the rights to the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, I am very excited by this move because it will mean greater access to watch those matches that in the past, like you mentioned. I also agree agree with Chris that uh, Paramount Plus will put in a bid for the MLS rights, something that I think would help the league going forward because in my view, their current deal with Fox isn't working out that well when it comes to viewership and ratings. Speaking of Fox, I've been reading that Fox, along with ESPN, are very likely to get the rights to the NHL from NBC when that deal expires at the end of the current season. This is because the NHL wants two national TV partners in its next TV deal. With that in mind, my question to either of you is, what do you think is Fox's future when it comes to soccer rights. Kartik, how about you go first on this one? Yeah, yeah. first off, I, I was, uh, that, that's, that's some news for me. I was under the impression Fox would be splitting the NHL deal with NBC. Uh, and it actually makes sense that, that they would go a completely different direction than the ESPN and Fox. I, my understanding had been Fox for sure is, is uh, in the NHL mix, but uh, ESPN being in it was, is, is news to me. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think that they are, uh, they are done uh, bidding for high-level European football. I think that their, uh, their inability to get the, the, the Champions League back this time, uh, or for the for the next cycle, actually, they bid against uh, CBS for the uh, for the cycle from uh, twenty one to twenty four. Uh, their inability to get that back, in addition to, um, to 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 their loss of the Bundesliga, and really kind of their their general disinterest scaling back uh, in their presentation. I, I don't think they're going to make uh, uh, bids. The NHL rights, they they. they I think are going to be more cost effective for them than the USGA rights. We saw what happened. They let, they let go of the USGA long-term package they had with them. And, and that went to NBC. Uh, they had only broadcast what uh, three or four U S opens as part of that, that 12 year deal. And, and, and they, uh, they cut their losses and got out. So I think they're probably done. I guess MLS Chris uh, remains important to them because of uh 
the the uh, the U.S. rights bundled with it and the World Cup in 2026. I think if they didn't have the rights to the FIFA tournaments and the U- World Cup was not in the U.S. in 2026, they might they might just cut their losses and not even uh, 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 do that either. They may not even keep that. Yeah, I agree. I think um, they will cash out after the uh, the World Cup uh, in 2026 is done. And I think pretty much that's probably the end of Fox being a power in soccer in terms of they're still a power. They still have the World Cup rights, but um, I foresee them losing you mean the next round of bidding for the World Cup, uh, which will be well, World Cup 2030 and beyond. It seems so far away, but it'll be here we, before we you know it. World Cup uh, 2027, importantly, though, starting with that. Right, exactly. So I think um, they've had a good run, and I think that once the 2026 World Cup is done and they cash in or cash out, depending on how you look at it, um, they've had a good run, and um, I don't think they'll be needing Major League Soccer rights at that point because they're probably going to focus back on 100% back on what they do best, which is you mean NFL and uh, college sports, etc., all right, next up is CPCVA, and uh, he or she mentions, when you mentioned the 1970 World Cup, it reminded me that ABC televised it. It aired on tape delay on the 23rd of December, how times have changed. And then that game probably, the final probably would have been in July of 1970, yeah. and uh, viewers in the States would have had to wait six months to watch that, I've I've heard stories before too about um, that some of the uh, the World Cups. I think 1966, perhaps it might have been 1970. Also, were on um, essentially kind of pay per view, which you it would have been a uh, a broadcast, a live broadcast. It wouldn't have been on television. It would have been you would have had to go into some place to watch it on a, on a live transmission and, and pay who knows how much money at that time. But yeah, times have certainly changed. All right, Kartik, here's one for you and for me on this one. This is going to be tough. And I want you to be honest. Giovanni says, we are past the middle of the English championship season. Who are your three picks that could get promoted to the English Premier League next season? I'll go first because <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, Norwich City, Brentford. And then the third team, I just can't figure out if it's going to be my beloved Swansea City or it could be Watford or who knows, Cardiff City, the way that they're playing. Um, That's the tricky one. Brentford's been the best team out of the entire league that I've seen this season. uh, They're on a bad run right now, but uh, it's been the toughest opposition that Swansea has come up against. Norwich is just uh, difficult to break down, but Swansea did beat them. They are beatable. Um, what do you think, Kartik? What's Who are your picks? I, I'm tempted to say Barnsley, with the way they're playing, are going to go up. And uh, keep in mind, Barnsley stayed up on the last day of the season, last season, beating Brentford, who just needed a, a draw uh, for automatic promotion, and got, stayed up because Wigan had gotten a 10-point deduction. That's so right, yeah. they shouldn't even be in the league. Uh, they're, they're looking really good. I, I Although, you know, they... they Maybe they don't have the, the talent. So uh, Norwich is coming, going up for sure. That's that's a hundred percent. Brentford has not been playing well of late. I think they're they're coming undone. Watford might come up, right? Yeah. Watford has made a management change. Cisco, since he's taken over, they've looked a little more tidy at the back, right? There's still some unevenness. They, but if you look at that squad, they still have a lot of good players. And then I think uh, that uh, of the teams that are 
um, on the outside uh, looking in, you, you look at Brentford, uh, they they just never seem to get it done. I think Swansea have a very good chance. Uh, you're a Swansea City team. Reading has hung in there this season, surprisingly to me. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. for those those of you who don't know, I, I go I'm on Talksport regularly to discuss the championship that was on this past week. Probably be on again, or usually once a week. And uh, Reading has been the most unpredictable team to talk about in the league. But when they faded earlier in the season, Chris, I was convinced they were going to be a mid-table team, maybe even closer to the relegation zone. They had started so well. They've stabilized a bit of late, right? And and they've won the last few matches. So I, I think they have a shot. If I had a gun to my head, I would say Norwich, Watford. And Swansea. I don't want to jinx you guys. <laughs> it, it is entertaining to watch, though. If uh, any yeah. listeners are looking for a league to watch that is thrilling at the top and also very um, inconsistent. I mean, it's one of those things that you have teams near the bottom beating teams at the top and it being a competitive game, not being kind of one of those like freak results. Um, some of the games are very tight. I mean, most of the games are very tight. It's very tight, and it could be just one goal that separates it. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've been trying to also watch a bunch of the other games too, and um, it, it's recommended for sure. But good question there, Giovanni. Next up is Joseph. Joseph, and this is a question that Joseph sent in a few weeks ago, actually, but I wanted to save it for today because uh, I finally got around to writing the story I promised I would do a few weeks ago, which is talking about which is cheaper, streaming or cable. And I went ahead and published that article on the website. If you go to worldsoccertalk.com and just uh, in the search bar, type in uh, streaming uh, TV on cable is cheaper or more expensive, you'll find it. But Joseph says, I recently decided to uncut the cord and it will save me nearly $600 a year. By going back and re-adding a slightly above basic TV internet bundle package to my existing internet package, I am going to save $50 a month without losing any of the channels I had when I was constantly switching between YouTube TV, Sling TV, and Hulu TV. I would highly recommend any listeners to go to the local store of their internet provider and see if they can do something similar. I had tried to see if we could get a similar deal uh, over the phone with the Xfinity rep, but was never able to get a good deal. Going into the store made all the difference because they were they were able to customize the contract to lock the price in for the entirety of the contract and even threw in free HBO simply for opting in for the X1 of Xfinity box. Have you guys heard of other customers of any cable or satellite provider getting a similar experience? And keep up the good work, guys. I always look forward to the show. And it's some really good uh, feedback there from Joseph. Um, I've heard of the uh, what they call the chicken challenge, which is calling up your cable or satellite uh, uh, provider and saying, hey, I'm calling, I want to cancel my service, I'm not happy, it's too expensive. And nine times out of the ten, they will transfer you to a different department, and that department will try to do everything they can possibly to keep you as a customer. They will offer you different packages, oftentimes it might only be for a one-year special, and then after that, the price goes back up. Um, as well as throwing in all sorts of different things or trying to ask you, well, how much are you paying now? And how much uh, will you be paying afterwards? And have you, you mean, giving all kind of the, the fear and putting some doubts in your mind and trying to prolong 
this eventuality, which is cutting the cord. Now, Joseph's um, feedback in terms of going into the store, that one I haven't heard. And that one probably is pretty effective depending on um, the, the store you'd go into and what deals they're offering. Um, but the only thing that kind of is, is tricky sometimes is, is that you have to enter into a contract oftentimes. It might be a one-year contract to say, okay, yeah, I want X1, Xfinity box and cable service and internet package. And um, even if you're able to get a deal where the price doesn't go up, but it could be one of those things that um, it doesn't give you the flexibility of being able to go from streaming service to streaming service if it's uh, Paramount Plus and for a few months and then in the summertime maybe uh, pausing that or cancelling that and then going to ESPN Plus and then back and forth, those types of flexibility. And, and with streaming changing so quickly, so often, all the time, um, it is one of the one of the good things about streaming is that you can, if you stay on top of things, you can look for deals, uh, et cetera. But good feedback there from Joseph. Very, very uh informational looking at some of the other feedback on the website let me just see if there's any other comments i missed here um yeah this is something kartik and this is something that uh i'm sure you've come up against and as i have too with cbs all access so now that paramount plus is launching on thursday march 4th hopefully that'll fix a bunch of the issues because the last two weeks there's been issues with the europa league on cbs all access with the, the manchester united games didn't start on time. It, it'd be a three o'clock kickoff and it's 3.15 and the game's not even playing yet. Um, so I'll give them a benefit of a doubt. And uh, maybe it's, I don't know, growing pains. But hopefully with Paramount Plus, those things will be a thing of the, fe- of the past. And on demand, not showing up as quickly as people had hoped. Um, the, the thing I would say about this is this is the leeway I have given CBS that I did not give Peacock because I said Peacock was a new service. It should have been totally fine-tuned and ready to go once they launched it, whereas CBS has been in this kind of transition period for a while. So if things aren't working properly with uh, – Paramount Plus a month from now, I'm, we're going to have to hold them to the same standard we held Peacock to, and, and yeah. be quite critical of these these things. I think I think uh, I, I I've had a little bit of a double standard, but I'm telling you why I had the double standard on that. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how this goes. Yeah, it's interesting too because uh, we've talked about pa- uh, Peacock in the past, and when Peacock was initially built and launched. I don't think it foresaw, uh, it, it foresaw that it would be a sports. Yes, it's got entertainment and news and everything like this, but it'd be so sports centric because the, the the design of it and the way it's set up is not very sports friendly. I would say the same thing about CBS All Access. I think CBS All Access, it, you can tell if you scroll through and uh, go through the different menus. It's not meant for sports. It's meant for TV shows, movies, originals. So I think in many ways, um, the learning lessons from CBS All Access and the late edition of sports, specifically soccer, when you have like what? When it's Europa League and you have like six to eight games happening at the same exact time and then trying to find those games within that CBS All Access uh, uh, interface... I think for Paramount Plus, having not seen it, but hopefully they've learned their lessons and will make it more sports-centric. And I think future editions of Peacock, too, as they make enhancements, will be more sports-centric, where it's easier to find the games you're looking for, especially when there's many games on at once. 
and also to find replays of games and highlights, etc. All right, two more comments, and we've got some good comments here. First uh, up on the uh, the two comments is uh, Mercator or Mercator. I'm not sure. Mercator. I'm going with that one. I would agree that BN Sports really ran their business into the ground by managing to get disconnected from the major TV providers and yet not having an effective streaming option to move forward from that. They could have been the ESPN of soccer. And you would think that with their backing, they would have had the, had the resources to make a push like that. Uh, I used to love being sports and was initially upset with my provider for disconnecting them. Years later now, I'm upset at being sports for continuing to hold on to some good rights, which before Fanatis and Fubo, many people couldn't watch at all. Ligon is going to go down with a ship. Like your favorite uncle who has stumbled down the road of alcoholism, you used to root for them to get it together, and now you just want them to go away. I don't think BN is quite the propaganda coup the, Quata- uh, the, the, the Qataris expect. They would be better off putting Al Jazeera news back on. Wow, Kartik. <laughs> some, some big criticism there, but I, I understand what he's saying where yeah. BN Sports have made a catalogue of mistakes. Um, they don't seem to be very transparent, and it's very rare that you get the opportunity to hear some honest analysis or honest uh, feedback from them where they do admit they made mistakes. It's almost like they have the blinders on and keep on pushing. And it's um, unfortunately not the most open broadcaster in terms of understanding what they're going through. I mean, they're very close-minded in in that regard. And last but not least, uh, Footy Haven says, I fully expect for CBS Sports, CBS the Over the Air Channel, and CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus to make bids on MLS, Premier League, and Serie A. I think in a perfect world for soccer rights, uh, then CBS Sports and Paramount Plus would secure, secure MLS, Premier League, and FA Cup to go along with the Champions League. I also suspect that they'll be looking at the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12 for college football rights coming up shortly. Pac-12 makes the most sense since they can give them the exposure they want and probably buy into the Pac-12 networks. Kartik, uh, you're a big uh, college football fan. Would that uh, entice you? Yeah, I think that that's probably might be a a, a a good play for them. I, I've been watching less and less college sports actually of late. I haven't watched any college basketball this season, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I think that that, that from a uh, from an actual standpoint of a uh, uh, of a play for them, the Pac-12 makes the most sense because they can buy in, and the Pac-12 would want the exposure. There's always uh, complaints. Uh, you you might understand this, Chris. There's always complaints of East Coast bias among Pac-12 yep. fans. So if they were able to get a, a nice platform, uh, which which uh, you showcase them throughout the nation, they may go for that. Uh, you know, to a certain extent, I think we hear this among uh, 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 MLS fans, but in the reverse, right? That there's this bias towards West Coast teams because of the time slots that MLS teams get put into. So it's funny, since we mentioned the Pac-12, I'm thinking MLS fans claim the opposite, that there's a West Coast bias, whereas Pac-12 fans claim that there's an East Coast bias. But uh, that's all about, and maybe that's something MLS needs to work out in the next uh, meet the team. TV negotiation is, is not having so many 11 p.m. Eastern time starts uh, uh, in terms of uh, their, their showcase matches. 
Yeah, un- yeah, it makes sense, right? But unfortunately, I just don't see things changing in that regard. You know, I mean, there's always going to be that West Coast. Um, I, I don't think it's any happy medium, right? Because it's you always have the West Coasters complaining when you have uh, earlier kickoffs, yeah. uh, which might be say I don't know a mid afternoon kickoff uh, for them, which would be prime time our time. Um, I don't think it's any. Uh, the country's so big and there's so many different time zones. It's almost an impossible task. Which is why I think, it, again, going back to some of the things we've talked, to, talked about in the past, MLS is a really good local entertainment value. So if you're on the West Coast and you support San Jose or LA Galaxy or LAFC, et cetera, et cetera, and you go to those games and you get, I mean, you're a fan of those teams and you're a fan of Colorado Rapids, the mountain time, and you go to those games, you enjoy them, and it's a good entertainment experience for relatively for it's not that super expensive um versus on television it it's a different experience and it's you've got a lot more competition and the time zones don't really work out that well and which channels you're on you're competing against other things that are happening it's just not a really good tv property or a tv destination um unfortunately just the country's too big for that but uh, anyway, so listeners, we want you to have your say about any of the topics we've talked about in this podcast, as well as anything that's on your mind. So especially if it comes to streaming or television or soccer rights or the streaming wars uh, or questions about cutting the cord uh, or questions about cable and, and satellite, you name it. There's so many different options out there. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com, as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk, and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com, and we would love to read those out on air. We definitely appreciate all of your feedback, and um, we consider every single one for the podcast. Kartik, heading into another weekend, uh, football from around the world, as always, uh, you name it, there's, there's a game being played uh, practically any hour of any day uh, throughout the entire week. It really, really is um, the most amount of coverage that this country, I think, has ever seen. I mean, some weekends we have like, what, 40 to 60 games being played and available to us streaming. So much to choose from. So hopefully this podcast uh, goes a long way to helping you, the listener, uh, get through that, trying to figure out the best options, the best games to watch. Uh, the best services, what options are available. So we are here to answer your questions. And, and heading into another weekend, fingers crossed for the Classica. Hopefully it's as entertaining as it promises to be. But whatever game you're watching, whatever uh, league you're entertained by, Kartik, what should they do? Enjoy your football. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.